This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to today's episode of The Real Real Podcast. I hope that you guys have had an amazing weekend, and I'm very excited to announce this episode. It is with Gabby, and Gabby, if you guys do not know, is a content creator, photographer, and PhD student in New York City. So we talk all about building on all of your interests because I feel like she has so many things that she loves doing, and not only does she love doing them, but she is doing them. Like she's doing all of these things at once and they don't necessarily go hand in hand. And I say that with quotations because I feel like there's so many stereotypes of what certain people can or can't do. Like, oh, if you are a PhD student, then maybe you can't do anything creative, but that's so not the case at all. So I'm just really excited to be interviewing her and picking her brain on kind of how she does it all and what she loves doing and how they all kind of work together. So I love that we're kind of breaking that stereotype that you only have to be like science oriented or analytical oriented and you can't be creative and then creative people can't like science and math and all of that stuff because that's just not true I mean I was an engineering student at school and I remember every time I told people that I did YouTube it was like well that's weird then why are you doing engineering and I think that we should normalize being able to do both and even enjoying both you don't just have to be either all creative or all like analytical you know so I'm really excited to have her on because I think that it's going to be really cool kind of hearing her story and you guys are really going to love it but yeah we talk about building on all of her interests how to use time batching to your advantage the process of getting into NYU's medical school even because she is getting her PhD from there which is a little different and we do talk about that because as someone who doesn't really know much about getting your PhD this episode is really interesting because I kind of learned a lot more from her for doing that but She's just an overall boss. I can't wait to meet up with her whenever I go back to the city. We unfortunately were not able to meet up uh, when I lived there and especially due to COVID kind of happening in March, just a few months into me living there, it kind of wrecked my plans of meeting that many new people. I also wanted to thank the reviewer of the week and all of the other reviews that I have gotten, even if you are not chosen for the reviewer of the week, but if you guys do want to be it, then definitely leave me five stars on iTunes. Um, But I just wanted to shout out Dominique So she said, I found Natalie two years ago on YouTube and have been listening to her podcast without missing an upload since it came out. Natalie is really good at keeping the conversation going with her guests without it feeling forced. Hearing her guests share their journey to success, whatever that looks like for them, is so encouraging because everyone's path is so different from the next. Natalie and I are the same age but live completely different lives. However, she gives me hope that if I work hard, it's possible to achieve the goals I have for myself. Thank you. You honestly don't understand how much you've impacted my life. I actually got teary-eyed when I read this because one, the fact that this person, Dominique, which I actually know, like she's in my DMs, she's in my comments. I love seeing familiar names, but one, the fact that she's been watching me for two years is insane. And then also the fact that like everything that she said is exactly what I want to come across as with this podcast. Like I really want you to see these success stories and success stories again are in quotes because success is literally different for every single person. Like when you think of success, what do you think of? And I guarantee if you answer that question in your head and you ask five other different people, they're all going to say a different thing because success is different no matter who you talk to. And that's the beauty of it. There's not one definition of success. It's kind of like the American dream. Like 
what even is the American dream? Like it's different for every single person, you know? So I think that that's something that I kind of keep in mind that it doesn't look the same. Like success doesn't always mean money or fame. And a lot of times it even, it doesn't, you know? I think as I've gotten older, success to me means just freedom but also happiness and I know that sounds very cheesy but I feel like I would so much rather not have a lot of money um, but be doing something that I absolutely love and being content in my life and having people that love me rather than like working at a job that might pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars but I'm miserable you know so success means different things to different people I got on such a tangent but that review just literally made me so teary-eyed when I first read it last week and then also it was like something that I just wanted to share because that's always what I hope to give with this podcast is that success means something to every single person like every guest is so unique and is so different and I hope that you guys see that so thank you Dominique for being the reviewer of the week and if you guys also want to be the reviewer of the week then definitely leave five stars on iTunes it helps out my podcast a ton um but I'm very excited for you guys to listen to Gabby's content or not content sorry Gabby's episode but you guys should definitely check out her content on all her social media platforms she has one link which is so smart with all of her platforms on it so I'm just gonna share that but you guys should definitely check out all her platforms she's also been on a ton of different podcast episodes so she's kind of everywhere i feel like you've definitely followed her on instagram seen her on podcasts or listened to her on podcasts like she's killing it so anyways without further ado let's just get into this episode life doesn't happen bi-weekly so why should payday the money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with earnin earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work not just waiting for payday with earnin you can access up to a hundred dollars per day or up to 750 dollars per pay period just download the earnin app and verify your paycheck then access up to a hundred dollars a day as you work and leave an optional tip any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck so think about it the next time you're planning a special night out you need a last minute gift for a loved one or you face an unexpected expense like maybe a trip to the vet Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Ares tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Waze new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is 
the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, Gabby. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm so excited to hear your story, to like honestly just learn more about everything that you do because I feel like you do so much. <laughs> so I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we start with setting the record straight. This is just some stereotypes, assumptions. Let me know if they're true or false. But the first one is sharing your life online can be really scary. Um, that is definitely true, um, at least in my opinion. I feel like when you, like, I'm sure you, you have similar feelings, but like when you're putting yourself out and it's in such a raw way sometimes it can be really I don't know vulnerable and you're kind of like letting people in on you know all these like personal things and and um kind of opening yourself up to you know critique and commentary so I feel like that's always a bit scary so yeah yeah I feel like it's definitely something that you don't even think of think that it's that scary from an outsider but once you start doing it it's just a lot of oh what are people gonna think about me what are people gonna say and that's always just like really hard to do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the next one is balancing side hustles and med school is hard um yes it is very hard (laughs) um and I think I don't know I guess because I'm like a PhD student and, you know, that's how I'm getting my income and that really is like my primary focus. I feel like a lot of the times like having a side hustle can be kind of, it it can be hard to keep consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like in that sense it's hard, but it's also just for me, I treat it more as like a fun passion project type situation. So um, it really is Mm -hmm. supposed to be that kind of balance. Um, But yeah, it definitely is hard. I mean, I feel like I was just like looking at your website today and I'm so amazed at everything that you do. I'm like, wow, you really do it all. Like if you are the epitome of like well-rounded, like it's like <laughs> Thank you. you have everything. Like it's really, really cool. And I think it's really awesome that you're doing it very well too. Like I was looking at your work for photography mm-hmm. and then I was on your Instagram for like your creative services. I'm like, you're so good at all of this. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's really, really impressive. So just wanted to compliment you on that because I was so impressed when I was, like, on your website and then on your, like, creative Instagram. I was like, okay, I didn't even know that you had this, like, whole creative freelance thing. And it was just, like, really cool to see and, like, 
you're doing a great job at it. Oh, thank so you. thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where you know it kind of started as just like a hobby. Like I, I've heard you talk about like procreate and how it's just kind of fun to like play around with it. And for me, that's kind of how it started. So I was kind of just like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like you know, I can make a YouTube intro and like draw some graphics and things. And then people were like, would reach out and say, hey, do you like do this for you know like in a professional way? And I was like, no, but maybe I should. So yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where it's cool that you were able to start it out as a hobby and then it just like actually you were able to pick it up and like start an Instagram account. And I feel like that's kind of the thing with you is that you start something and you like just dive into it. You know, like you go into it from what I've seen online Mm -hmm. versus some people might be more scared to start something. And I feel like you're very like proactive on starting even if it is scary. Right. And then the next one is you have to find a niche to be successful on social media. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I definitely disagree with that. Um, I don't know. I, and maybe it's just because like, uh, I'm in more of the lifestyle niche. So I feel like lifestyle kind of encompasses like, you know, how you live life in general. So maybe it is covering Mm -hmm. a lot of topics, but I don't know. I, I just never really believed in the whole niching down thing as like a way to benefit you or anything. So I'm like so with you on that. I am the complete opposite. Whenever I hear people say like you need to find a niche and it has to be really specific, I always just want to tell them like no you don't. Like if that's not something that you want to do, if it's something you do want to do then great. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be known as like the Amazon person that only does Amazon hauls or like someone that does like healthy recipes or whatever, like that's great and like you can totally be successful in that, mm-hmm. but I don't think that you need to. And I think it puts a lot of pressure when people like force you to or like like, well, you need to think about your niche and you need to niche down before you start anything because like you and me are both in the lifestyle community. And I just think we as people are so multifaceted and we have so many different interests. And like, if I only focused on one thing, it just wouldn't be me. You know, like I want to be able to show like anything that I'm interested in. And I definitely don't think that I have a niche. Like my niche would be lifestyle, but that's like the most broad thing ever. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. yeah, I feel like people like you for you. So like they're going to like you for all of your other things and interests that you're that you're doing like on social media. Definitely agree. Yeah. And I always ask this question, but I'm always curious to know what you wanted to be when you were growing up, because I love seeing how it has changed or if it's like stayed the same from like where you are today. Yeah. So I was a very basic gal and wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, I'm pretty sure I wrote that in like a fifth grade journal. Um, and yeah, so I guess I'm not really that far off in that I do yeah. like biomedical research, but I, I definitely don't want to be a physician. So, um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to That's be. so <laughs> interesting that that's such like a, like, I don't know. I feel like you don't hear that many little kids saying that. Mm-hmm. So why did you want to do that when you were little? Do you remember? Oh my goodness. So my mom's a physical therapist. So I feel like, and, and we're like best friends, like we're so close. And I think I just really respected like her work and she's a specialist. Um, she specializes in lymphedema. So she treats a lot of breast cancer patients. Um, and I don't know, I guess I just, I don't know where it came from. I guess I knew I wanted to do something in medicine and, um, I guess like maybe it has something to do with like our media and and usually what we see for medicine is like doctors and surgeons. And so like, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do, but yeah. 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 That's, that's really cool how you were like, Oh, I want to be a pediatrician. Uh And then when did that change? Like when did you ever want to not go into science or you always wanted to be in like the science and the medicine field? Yeah. I think I was always 
pretty good at math and science, like in high school. Um, and I think that kind of switched from me wanting to pursue like being a physician when I took chemistry in high school. I don't know. It was like I nerded out for the chemistry. <laughs> that was like my vibe. I was like, yes, this is it. And I don't know. I guess that's when I switched to kind of wanting to pursue uh, being a pharmacist instead of a physician. I just was really interested in how, um, I guess, we develop new therapeutics and, and design drugs and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that kind of shifted in high school. And then when I was in college, I got experience doing research. And so I think that's what really like pushed me into doing more of like a research field instead of, um, you know, like practicing. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's really, really cool. And I know you went to UNC, right? Yeah. For undergrad? Yeah. What did you study there? I studied chemistry with a concentration in biochemistry. So that was... Yeah, we're both from North Carolina. So it's funny. We both made the move from North Carolina to New York City. I'm unfortunately back here, but... (laughs) I mean, Charlotte's such a cool city, though. I mean, maybe not in COVID, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do do like Charlotte a lot. Are you from North Carolina? Like, were you born here? No, I'm from... Where are you from? I'm from Virginia originally, so not that far, but... um, Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I do like being here, but I... I just miss New York, you know, like I miss being there and like being in the city, but I mean, it is nice saving money. So I will say that, yeah. <laughs> especially when there's like not that much to do in either city. It's like, at least I'm saving money. I can like look at it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Rent is, is really a killer every month, but. I know. I know. I mean, rent prices are down a lot in the city though, from what yeah. I, I, I keep checking. Yeah. I'm on street easy a lot. <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah. always looking to see like ooh, what's what are the deals today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we'll see how long how long that stays apparently um it's a ghost town so who knows oh yeah no when I was there I was like this does not feel empty at all yeah. like I mean I left in September so like it was like the peak of the summer mm-hmm. and it was like everyone was out and about I loved like people were like oh my god like how was it being there and I was like honestly it was really fun like I don't like I didn't do that much but it was so nice like being able to walk around and explore and like I've never walked as much as I did yeah during those few months so that was it wasn't bad for like how people described it in the news yeah, yeah. I would say yeah and you also are a content creator and so when did you start with that like was that a high school thing college thing or when did your, I guess, like blogging journey begin or just like content creation journey? Yeah. yeah. So I started my blog in college, I guess the summer after first year. Um, and it was a, I started with my best friend from high school, actually. And it originally started as a baking blog, which is really funny after I just like tore down the whole niche thing. <laughs> but it started as a baking blog. And we like, that was just like what we did for fun, like together, like we would bake recipes off Pinterest or whatever. But they never turned out the way you know the nice pictures on Pinterest would would turn out so we were like this is fake (laughs) news like no um so that was like we would like you know make our different recipes have our photography it was a good time um and then we realized that really wasn't sustainable when we went back to live in the dorms because like dorm kitchens are either non-existent or super tiny so that just wasn't gonna work so that's kind of when we shifted more to like the college lifestyle advice type of blogging um so I guess this was back in like 2015, 2016. So I, I don't know if it really had like popped off like that space yet. Yeah. Like the college lifestyle thing hadn't really popped off. So 
yeah, it was it was kind of uh, an opportunity to kind of, I guess, grab hold of that that um, blogging space, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel like in back then it wasn't that popular. Like I remember I started vlogging my college like college days when I believe I might have been a junior or even a senior. I think I was actually a senior in college when like I first started vlogging in college because it wasn't a thing before yeah, then. No. Like it was very edited videos still and like picture perfect stuff and I remember the videos I would make would just be like hauls and makeup tutorials and like fashion lookbooks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that was what I was into and then like I think my senior year I started like showing what my days were like yeah like before then the morning routines were very scripted it was like you filmed your morning routine at 4 p.m and like it was (laughs) like you so themed and like not what you actually do in the morning yeah and then it kind of transitioned to like the vlogging and like being more real so that's really cool that you got in the space early on yeah Um, And was it you and a friend? Yeah, so we had the blog together for a while until, I guess until I moved to New York, and she actually took a consulting job in D.C., and she was like, you know, I really like blogging, but I think I'm going to let you have it if that's cool, and you just, like, take it and do what you want, maybe, like, make it into, like, New York City-focused, and and that's when I started blogging as well, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I shifted from, from having the duo blog to taking it more of like a solo project. That's really like also cool that she was like, you know, handed it off to you because I feel like a lot of times when I hear that people started as friends, there's like drama involved or there's like one person wants to take it a different direction. So that's really nice that it was a very just like, okay, it's your turn to take it over. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I feel like during a majority of us having the blog together, it was almost like, you know, she was more of the analytical statistics like this is the content that does well and I was almost more of like the creative like writer or you know like pushing that end so it was kind of like a good partnership in that sense um but you know I feel like after a while she was like yeah I'm kind of tired of like writing blog posts so yeah so that's nice yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's good to always like have someone that you started with and like kind of navigate it because it's something that was so new back then especially where there wasn't there were there weren't as many resources of like how do I start something like Mm -hmm, this like mm -hmm. that wasn't a thing and I feel like when you started was it still like kind of weird to do or were you yeah 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 like lots of people (laughs) had lots of comments they're like what are you doing why are you putting this on the internet like this is so silly um so definitely a lot of that but it's nice to have someone else that is kind of doing it with you because then it's like haha like yeah (laughs) exactly exactly and what social media platforms are you on right now because you I feel like are on pretty much all of them but like what are your top ones yeah so I am so I have my YouTube channel so I guess we count that and then Instagram although it's definitely being a headache right now um on Instagram TikTok which I love um and then Twitter which I also love (laughs) but yeah and you've been doing a lot of like TikTok day in the lives like New York City day in the lives on there which I've been seeing how do you like like has TikTok helped you grow other channels or like how has that been because it's such a new platform that I am literally this week trying to get on (laughs) I filmed like three TikToks this week and I'm so proud of myself and like (laughs) trying to get on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so I was very resistant to TikTok um mostly because I felt like I was too old for TikTok I don't know where that narrative came from but I guess me too yeah, me too because it like you know started as like you know dancing app for for the teens 
Um, so I was very resistant. And then, um, oh gosh, Brooke Michio and, and Emma, um, they were, you know, they were like, oh, you do Dan Lice. And there's like this other, there's this whole other side of TikTok that would be really cool to like make content for. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I could do this. Um, but yeah, I do Day in My Life. So I think those are the most popular ones. I'm not, I guess it's because New York City, I guess it's similar to like New York City blogs on YouTube. It's, I don't mm. know. I think it's, people are very fascinated with, you know, people that live in the city because it's kind of a fast paced, different type of, of living, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like that it's kind of just quick and it, it really is supposed to be kind of like unfiltered, very low edits, just kind of fun mm. videos. So, yeah, yeah. But, but it definitely has like, uh, I guess I call it like the cycle, like people will find me on TikTok and then they'll go to my Instagram and then they'll go to YouTube and then, but it kind of goes in at all points, like people will find me on Instagram and then, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the circle, but, you know. Yeah, I think I found you on Instagram first. Mm-hmm. I def- Yeah, I think I remember like following you on Instagram before other social platforms, which is just funny how people find you in so many different areas, yeah. but I've noticed TikTok, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like TikTok has a lot of negativity on it. Have you noticed that or have you experienced that? I feel like TikTok, not, I haven't experienced it with me because again, like I said, I literally just posted my first few videos that, I mean, I have had other ones in the past, but like now I'm trying to be consistent on it. So Mm -hmm. I haven't experienced the negativity, but every time I read comments, I see so much negativity in the comments on TikTok. And I'm like, I wonder if this is, is this normal for everyone or is it just like the videos I'm watching have a lot of like hate on them? Yeah, I feel like it's it's very polarizing. Either like they're hyping you up in the comment section or they're just like yeah. ripping you apart. <laughs> There's like no in between. At least that's what I've seen. Um, I guess none of my videos have really garnered that much negative attention, but I also don't think that I've really had any, you know, controversial videos. Yeah, yet, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll see like New York videos though and people are like, "Oh my god, this is not how New York is." At. Like I feel like New York is a polarizing topic where it's like the native New Yorkers against the people that have moved there. Yeah. And it's like war in the comments. So I'm like wondering if you've experienced that with your like New York City kind of videos or TikToks, but that's just what I've noticed whenever I've been on there. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, people are so mean. Like people are so mean on TikTok. I feel like it's the most negative platform yeah i don't know i i feel like yeah i've definitely seen that on the new york city content where where it is kind of that like butting heads of, of the two two groups i guess but not on my i'm glad you haven't i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no that's such a good thing i was just wondering because i was like i see that whenever i go on it but i'm very very glad like it's such a positive uplifting like videos and like carefree and like and then the comments are like the complete opposite yeah. i'm like whoa okay <laughs> And then what's your favorite social media platform to be on? Oh, man. That's such a tough question. I feel like I'm really a big Twitter gal. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I love – I love. Um, I do you watch The Bachelorette? I have not watched the season, but I usually do watch it, yeah. I just love reading the tweets, like, <laughs> live. Like, yeah. they're just so funny. Like, that's – I honestly like that's my favorite part of Twitter is just like the Bachelor and Bachelorette nights. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I feel like I don't even need to watch the episode anymore because it's such an in depth play by play of the like live tweeting that I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got the yeah, message. you I got, got it. I got what's going on. Um, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, kind Twitter of a is wild like place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's where every like funny thing originates, I uh-huh, think, uh-huh. and then it gets like reposted on Instagram. Yeah, 
Yeah. But that's how I view it. Yeah. I would say like my favorite platform to create for is probably YouTube. Um, I don't know. I really like video editing. I think it's, I don't know. That's like where I feel like my creativity is like allowed to just like blossom. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And what are all of like the side hustles that you do? Because I know you have a lot of them. So I want you to actually like list them all out so that we (laughs) all know like everything that you are balancing with being like getting your PhD right now. Yeah. So I have my blog, which I haven't really written a post in a couple months. So we got to get on that. But that has like so much backlog content. I love it. It's 10 out of 10. Um, So I have my blog, GabbyInTheCity.com. Then I vlog for YouTube, um, which is just my name. And then I have, like, a creative design studio. Um, And my website is GabbyWhiten.com. And I do, like, not so much photography right now because of COVID, but I've been doing a lot of, like, um, graphic designs, like branding suites, um, YouTube intros, that kind of thing. Um, And then, yeah, so I make videos for TikTok. I tweet a bit. All of that generates, you know, some kind of revenue. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And how do you balance that with getting your PhD? Like, do you have any apps that you can't live without? Do you have a planner? Or, like, I want to know details of, like, how you organize your life. Yeah, so I'm a big, like, batch person. So, like, at this point, my research is really, like, 9 to 5, maybe, like, 8 to 7 on a bad day. Um, So, like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, a big portion of my life right now and then I really do work on my side hustles like either before work or after work and mostly on the weekends I'll like film stuff um but I before COVID I used the day designer religiously it's like my favorite planner I love having like a day or a page per day like it got a little bit intense in the sense that I would literally write like wake up (laughs) at 6 a.m like that probably isn't healthy but you know it's fun um so yeah so I use a day designer but now I've switched to doing kind of digital planning and so I use like my iPad and the good notes app and so I kind of have like design templates that are kind of reminiscent of the day designer um but I like that because I can also keep like more of my creative stuff in in like each of the weekly like pages so I'll have like I'll write down like video inspiration or like outfit ideas and like I can all I can keep all of that in you know the same space but yeah in terms Mm -hmm. of balancing I definitely think it's like batching and you know committing like okay I'm gonna work like you know two hours on you know filming a YouTube video after work and you know or maybe it's like you know I'm gonna answer emails for two like an hour before work it's that kind of thing so I think it really is like batching for me that's really smart I need to get better at batching because I feel like I do too much throughout the day and it's just like I need to get more focused on one thing and like work on that for just like two hours and then work on the next thing you know so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do different like productivity methods just because I feel like my days have been a little all over the place and like not in a good way so I'm trying to really either start time batching or like batching on the day where like Fridays I've tried to make only my content days now so Mm -hmm. like I only do like any type of content will be done on Fridays that way like Monday through Thursday I can work on my other stuff so that's like what I've been trying to do but it's definitely I need to take some tips with (laughs) like batching time in that sense because 
I just feel like I'm so all over the place. So I was like, I needed to ask, I was like, I need to ask her this question because I feel like you would have a good answer for it. And do you bullet journal in your like good notes or is it just like random like to-do lists and stuff like that? Um, Yeah, I've been trying to kind of do, so I like doing like, you know, I'll find like images on Pinterest and like, you know, journal and like make collages and that kind of thing. And I also really like, um, I guess it doesn't really have a name. I, I guess I'll call it memory tracking. So like on my monthly spread, I'll like take pictures from every day and then like put it into each of the cubes so that I can like see what I did over the month, which has been fun. That's um, so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's it's very uh it's very fun. I made a TikTok on it. Um, <laughs> so oh, I need to watch yeah. that. I need to. Yeah, I'm like, how do you like drag the picture in? Okay, I'll watch your TikTok and see how to do that. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, so that's fun. Um. But yeah. And so you're very, I feel like you're very, very creative. And you're also very analytical, or I don't know if it's analytical is the right, right word, but like you're very into research. Mm-hmm. So has that, like, how has that been kind of balancing both of your interests with like the science side of you and also the creative side of you? Like, do you like it? Do you feel like it's sometimes hard or, or do you have to get like, in the moment or not in the moment but do you have to be like okay I'm I'm ready to now like do research and then like I'm ready to now be creative like do you compartmentalize the two yeah so I guess I treat my creative stuff more as like a break from my science stuff like I I, I like mm-hmm. both of them but I think I really started the creative thing you know back in college when I was like doing like physics and you know biochemistry and I was like okay I need to like take a break from this um so I think that's what helps like I guess motivate me to do the creative and like you know obviously my priority is is doing the science while I'm in the program um but I just lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) Um, that always happens to me it's okay blame the weather but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the gloomy weather (laughs) um but yeah I think gosh I feel like I had something really profound to say (laughs) (laughs) oh no um but yeah I guess because I do kind of treat it as like this this break balance type thing it does kind of help um help my mental health and just kind of help you know my life enjoyment and so you know I kind of love everything that I do um but I do think I do keep everything kind of checked and in balance um yeah yeah also like I think uh, the creative things are, are more, I guess, related to science than I think a lot of people would assume in the sense that, you know, a big part of doing my PhD is communicating the results of my science. And I almost feel like, you know, creating for social media and, and that kind of thing, it's like you're always telling a story. And so I think that actually mm-hmm. does help with, you know, communicating like the story of my science and, you know, like, you know, how do I make compelling graphics? How do I design a presentation to really, you know, get the story across um, in a way that people can understand? So that's so true that you can like merge the two. And I feel like I kind of felt that way when I was in school with because I was a, also a stat in STEM. I was in industrial engineering when I was an undergrad. And I always felt that like, OK, sometimes I'm like very more like math mode or like analytics mode like problem solving mode and then other times I would come home and like be able to film a video and that was my way of like relaxing but I actually think that now people ask me like oh well do you take anything that you learned in your major like with what you do in real life now and I'm like I mean technically like no not in the sense of like oh to be a youtuber you need to major in industrial engineering like that's not like it doesn't go hand in hand Mm -hmm. but 
I feel like a lot of stuff that I learned in school I am still applying just like in my day-to-day life now and like I'm trying to like start a business and like run a business and like that has helped me so much with the things that I've learned in school and just like I think I always explain it as I'm so so much more of a analytical thinker now and like bit like very I don't know like I like solving problems and I feel like I now get to the root of the problem more because of like the way that I was my teaching methods at school Mm -hmm. if that make any sense but like am I using calculus in my (laughs) day-to-day life no am I using physics in my day-to-day life not really but I think just learning all of that just made me like a better thinker and like a more well-rounded person as well so I think it's like that goes hand in hand but it's not like the topics I learned in school I'm using today yeah for sure I definitely agree and I mean even like I'm still in STEM and and I rarely use like calculus or even physics so it's like yeah I really think it is like just teaching you how to think and and in my PhD we do like a lot of you know collaborative projects and I think you know you can extrapolate that to you know even having a business and like having to have all these moving parts and being able to you know keep everything in check and have everyone on the same page I think really it is about you know, learning how to problem solve and work with groups and, and yeah. kind of reach one one goal. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And I hope that other people realize that, like, they can get into STEM, especially women, like, that you can go into STEM and, like, it's not – I feel like the, there's a bad, I guess, like, misconception that STEM majors are only for men. And it's like, oh, like – and then there's not really that much room for women mm-hmm. in it or, like, women aren't that interested in it. And I feel like – you do such a good job at even showing that you can have so many other interests. Like you can have a creative side to you and still be in STEM. And I think that that's always something I wanted to do with my YouTube channel was Mm -hmm. like show that you don't have to be just math minded or like analytic mind, you know, like you can have creative passion projects and still like to go into engineering or like to go into medicine. So I think that it's awesome what you're doing. And I feel like you're probably impacting so many people. I hope so. Yeah, I definitely think like, you know, I feel like we're built to be, you know, well-rounded people with with a lot of different interests. And yeah, I like seeing people who who, who share that mentality. And I feel like a lot of people in, in the city actually are like that, you know, they'll have like mm-hmm. their, their nine to five job, but they're always doing like really cool things outside of that. And I think that's something I've come to appreciate too. Um, yeah. And you are now at NYU. So mm-hmm. you're at the NYU college of medicine right Mm -hmm. your school of medicine Mm -hmm. so was that like your dream school always or how is the process of even getting into that or getting accepted into that program yeah so I actually when I so I went straight from undergrad to uh, my PhD so um, I was interviewing I guess I was applying the fall of my senior year and um, touring and like interviewing the spring And actually, when I was first making my list of schools I was applying to, I didn't have any New York City schools on my list. Um, But I went on a fall break trip to the city. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, New York City's kind of awesome. But I thought it was one of those, like, you know, hyped up in the movies type cities. Like, you know, it's pretty, but it kind of sucks to live here. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, kind of got to stay for a couple of days and, and really went out of the touristy areas and kind of saw more of the city and was like, this place is kind of awesome. Like maybe I should apply to some schools here. And so that's how I put NYU and Columbia on my list. Um, But really when it came to like choosing what schools I was going to apply to, I really prioritized, you know, what type of research do the faculty do? And is it something that I'm interested in and something I could see myself doing long-term? 
Um, but yeah, so you kind of get a better sense of that when you come for interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And you get to meet faculty and they kind of take you around the city. So yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like also NYU's med school, and I don't know, I have never been, like, I never researched grad school, med school getting a PhD because that was just never an interest of mine so like I might be saying some things that are totally wrong or like don't make sense Mm -hmm. but is the school of medicine like did you apply to the med school or is that different than applying to like the PhD program yeah so it's it it differs from school to school and sometimes it's really complicated but so there's like a uh graduate school of biomedical sciences like within or I guess the institute of biomedical sciences within the school of medicine I was applying to like the institute, but then you could also apply to PhD programs like at the downtown campus. So that's more like the chemistry, biology, like the hard sciences rather than like mm-hmm. applied like medical sciences. Um, so yeah, so I guess I was applying to the med school, but not to like the MD programs. Like it's like separate Got application it. process. Yeah. Because I know like the med school, isn't it free now? Like someone gave like a huge grant and like the their med school is free, right? Yeah, yeah. So their med school is well, their tuition is completely free. Yeah, yeah I believe. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's and but you, the PhD program, you don't have pay tuition, right? Yeah, no, you're paid so, to do yeah. it for most STEM programs. Like ones that you should consider applying to, like you don't pay tuition or anything. They pay you a stipend to like go to school. Um, so yeah, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's really nice. So I, I just wanted to like clear that up because in my head, I'm like, I hope I'm asking like the right questions because oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just not like I, I don't know about like that application process. And I'm sure a lot of people like that are listening might be interested in that. So it could be interesting to hear about. Um, and then since you are also you have all of these like side hustles and everything like that. Have you ever experienced people not taking you seriously in the I guess, academia world because of your like creative passion projects or like posting your life online? Because I know when I was in school, I definitely experienced that. And like, I was really scared going into the corporate world with my YouTube channel. Like, mm-hmm. ha- what are people going to think of me? Are they going to take me seriously? Because I have this side of me where I'm like very casual and like I vlog and I like do makeup videos sometimes. So I always had, I was always scared that I wouldn't be taken seriously yeah no I haven't experienced that I don't know if it's just because you know I have smaller like channels or whatever and I do keep them pretty separate like I you know never vlog at work or anything like that yeah um but it's never really been an issue for me like would I be concerned if it like came up in like a meeting or something absolutely but I don't know I feel like I don't know even like I you know I always felt like this was interesting because it's not like you know we all have like our professional sides but we're all like you know also people who like you know Mm -hmm. do need makeup tips and do want like to watch you know cooking videos and all this thing so I don't know but no I don't know that's I don't uh experience that yet so that's good I mean I feel like you don't don't necessarily have to and also being in New York City I feel like there's so much creativity there that it's not even weird because it's like that's you're surrounded by it just even like walking in the streets Mm but I don't know when I was I remember when I was at Accenture I was very I like was very vocal about having a YouTube channel because it honestly got me I'm pretty sure like really helped me get the job just having that experience (laughs) and like I'm very proud of it but it's something where I know that not everyone is going to be or not I guess not 
people are going to have questions or like have assumptions. And so I remember I went into my interview for like the project I was going to go on because mm-hmm. whenever you're in consulting, sometimes you have to interview with like the client to see if you guys are a good fit. Right. So I had an interview with the client and I walk in and my YouTube video is on the screen. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like, hi, I'm Natalie. <laughs> and it was just the most awkward thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, we were just like checking out your YouTube channel. And I'm like posting like day in my life and like get ready with me for work. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is so mortifying. Like, yeah. can you please turn that off before we start this interview? Uh-huh. They're like, oh, yeah, I was just about to watch this. I was like, you can watch it later. Like, <laughs> it's OK. So I was like, oh, awkward. my God. I'm like, oh my goodness. this is so awkward. That was like the definitely the most like awkward part. But besides that, people honestly are just curious. It's yeah. like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, how do you do that? Like you know and people are just asking questions like that but that was definitely probably the most awkward like corporate experience with me having my youtube channel i was like i never want to deal with that again yeah that's that's pretty bad um (laughs) it was so awkward and it was like a room of men too so i was like it wasn't like a bunch of women like it was like three guys and one um, woman and i was like (laughs) <laughs> oh god so like, awkward. please take this down i know it was really bad but they were really nice like i they they didn't mean they didn't like make fun of me or anything it was like a very just a curiosity mm-hmm. you know and i don't think they realized like maybe we shouldn't play this on the screen but they were very very nice so I, it's nothing like bad between them yeah but yeah that was just interesting so i'm glad you haven't experienced that <laughs> yeah i also think like i don't know i feel like with doing like social media at this point you learn so many like um like random skills that like might benefit you in like a work environment like I don't know like being able to you know look at analytics or you know even video editing or like using Adobe Mm -hmm. Illustrator like those are all things I feel like you can like flip on its head and be like actually this makes me more qualified for this position exactly oh yeah oh I definitely did that in my interviews (laughs) for sure um and then you're like me where you move from North Carolina going to you from you or UNC to New York City Mm -hmm. so how did you notice like a huge difference from North Carolina to New York or people always ask me that so I'm curious of how you think of it like did you was it I don't say culture shock but was it kind of like really different moving from this place to New York yeah definitely and I mean coming from Chapel Hill which is like literally like UNC and then like you know a couple like suburban neighborhoods and then coming to like you know even Manhattan where it's like just so many people all the time and you know always honking and ambulances and taxis and everything Mm -hmm. I think it definitely is a shock and also for me it would be like the randomest stuff it'd be like you know oh there are no parking lots or like I have to like you know walk to the grocery store and like carry everything back where like living in the south I feel like you just like drive to the grocery store so it's just like weird things like that like even not having like laundry in unit like going downstairs and like doing that especially like living off campus obviously you do that in the dorms but you know like just small things like that were were strange but definitely like there was a big shock moving from kind of this small college town to to like the big big city but I don't know the state is in is in Raleigh so was it less of a culture shock do you think in terms of like being in the city I don't I don't know to me it wasn't really like so I always explain it as I it's definitely New York and North Carolina are very different like mm-hmm. definitely and it's not like even at NC State like I would I wouldn't like walk to the grocery store you know I'd like yeah. even had to go on the highway to get to like Trader Joe's mm-hmm. so like it wasn't like <laughs> it was definitely 
different in that sense but I feel like I would go to New York all the time like I had so many friends that lived in the city Mm -hmm. that I would visit them like five times a year you know like I would be here like every month or be in New York like every other month if I could because tickets even like airline tickets were so cheap cheap, to get like North Carolina to New York they're like a hundred bucks so like I would always be going and so I already knew like the inconveniences of laundry and groceries and all of that stuff just because I would like say at my friend's apartments and so Mm -hmm. I would kind of like see how they would live so to me it was yes it was like a I guess different than living in North Carolina to New York but I wasn't like shocked because I had already like visited so many times that like I knew what I was getting into and like I've done it with my friends so it wasn't like oh my god this is so weird to me yeah right yeah um and then what are your favorite New York City spots to go to Oh man. Um, so I, restaurants, yeah. spots, wherever. <laughs> yeah. I love walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. Like it, when people ask me like, what, what's one thing I should do? I always say that like, it's my favorite thing to do. I'll take the ferry from Manhattan down to Dumbo. I'll like grab like, um, breakfast from Butler Bake Shop, very delicious Australian cafe. And like, I'll just like listen to music or like stop and read a book. Um, and I don't know, there's just something about Brooklyn Bridge and the skyline and like, uh, it's just chef's kiss. Um, and I've then- never walked across it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I need you to, I've to. been on it, but I've never walked across it. So I really need to do that. Yeah, you have to do that. Oh my goodness. And it's, yeah. I know, I, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed. <laughs> no, you'll be back and, and you can do it. But, um, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite activities, um, I love the Met. I just went this past weekend. Um, it's like probably my favorite museum I think in the city. Um, what else? I really like the like South Streetport area. Like, um, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like a nice, cute little area. Um, Do you have any favorite restaurants? Yeah, I really like um, Banter. Oh, I love Banter. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Answer Jacob's Pickles in the Upper West Side, delicious, like, Southern-style food. Wow. Incredible. Um, I've never been. I have to go to that yeah, one. <laughs> super good. Um, and then Bubby's, which I guess is in Tribeca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? I love all the Italian restaurants in the West Village. Like, okay, I could yeah. eat there every day. Like, <laughs> I just, like, love Italian food, and so – all the places in the West Village, I, I was just so spoiled living there. Like, I had the best Italian restaurant right in my building, like, right below me. It was honestly, I think, the best Italian restaurant in the city. It was called Fiaschateria. And it's just, like, the – oh, my God. You have to go. If you like <laughs> Italian food, it's just, like – I think it's the best one in the entire city. Oh, so wow. I would go downstairs. I would, like, look out my window to see if it was busy and uh-huh. then, like, go downstairs to get a spot but it was just really really great so highly highly recommend I definitely miss living right there like right above it yeah I guess I've only been to what Rosemary's in the West Village I've been there once Mm -hmm. that was pretty good yeah Um, Rosemary's is really good too and then what is your biggest advice to someone who wants to start a side hustle but doesn't really know how or doesn't know how to manage it like what's your biggest advice for someone like that I guess my biggest piece of advice is to not feel like you have to go from like zero to 100 and be like the best, like, you know, blog writer, designer, or like video editor. Like, I feel like you can, you know, just start it 
and you can kind of improve over time. There's so many like YouTube tutorials that will probably teach you anything you want to know. Um, and kind of, I guess, less worry about it being perfect and more just like starting it and doing it and making sure that you like enjoy the process, I feel like is, is probably my biggest piece of advice. Um, yeah. That is such good advice. I actually, I that's like one of my favorite pieces of advice on this podcast that someone has given because I always want people to realize that like you can start and have it be like horrible in the beginning and you'll just like learn as you go. Like if you look at my first YouTube video, my first Instagram post, my first anything, like trash, but I'm like learning as <laughs> yeah. I go. Even like look at it from two years ago and it's like not that good. So I definitely think that people should just start and then like, again, like you said, you can learn things along the way. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Where can they find you if they want to like check you out, all your stuff, all your links? I'll have everything in the show notes. Yeah, so I have like a landing page. So if you just go to gabbyinthecity.com slash social, it has everything linked there. So perfect. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best answer. I need to come up with something like that where it's just like just go to that one website uh-huh. and everything will be there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a catch all. But yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Gabby. I hope that you guys did enjoy it. And again, if you did enjoy it, be sure to leave five stars on iTunes underneath the Real Real Podcast. It does mean a lot to me and it just helps out my podcast a lot and it helps me get discovered more often. I feel like everyone that listens to my podcast comes from YouTube, but I feel like now people are discovering my podcast before they even discover any of my other social channels. So if that is you, please DM me because I have no way of knowing. So if you guys did find my podcast first, please let me know but anyways thank you for listening to this podcast episode and i'll be back next week with another episode of the real real podcast Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.